What's good, fam? This is Pastor G, and I hope that you're having a great week. Uh, mine's been a little interesting because on last week, a colleague of mine and I went to a career fair at a local university to recruit employees. And as we were on our way back to the office and we were exiting I-95, we noticed that there were like a bunch of police cars just flying by. Like, I mean, I'm talking like lots of them. And when we got off the highway, I could see further up that it looked like they were starting to block the street off. And so luckily there was a street that we could turn off of uh, in order to avoid that. So we turned off and we continued on our way to the office. However, we noticed something strange that although we had avoided the area that had the street blocked off, we then saw that every few blocks we would see a police car. So my colleague said, they're setting up a perimeter. They got to be looking for somebody. So we got back to the office. I dropped her off at her car. And shortly thereafter, I received a text from her. And it was a news story. The news story let us know that there had been a shooting that had taken place on a city bus. At that point, one person was dead. Another was seriously injured. And there had been several gunshots that had been fired. The next day, that morning, I was watching the news and they ran clips of the bus and, and showed how the bus driver, literally while somebody was shooting on her bus, drove that bus directly into the police station's parking lot because they weren't that far from the police station. And she was hailed as a hero. As a matter of fact, the chief of police shared that if she had not driven into the police station's parking lot when she had, and all those officers had not run outside, that many other people would have probably lost their lives. Now, the bus driver was hailed as a hero uh, because of her quick thinking, because she didn't have to do that. In fact, she actually jumped the uh, median, drove on the wrong side of the street in order to get to that destination. So to the world, she was now a hero, and, and she certainly is. But in the end, she was still a bus driver who just went to work that day. And now she's got to deal with the fact that somebody was shot and killed on a bus right in front of her. You know, when we're dealing with serious situations, oftentimes there's what we show the world or there's what the world sees and then there's what we got to deal with on our own. So today, we're going to take a look in the book of Matthew and we're going to talk about what the world doesn't see. Coming up next on The Trifling Ones. All right, so we're going to take a look at Matthew 26, verses 38 through 40. And the word of God reads, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. 
Now, from this scripture, Jesus has just had the last supper with his disciples and he lets them know that they ain't really that loyal. Not like they think they are, at least. They think that they're his rider dies and yet he knows that they'll be out at the first sign of real trouble. And so he travels to Gethsemane and he tells nine of his disciples to hang back. He says, y'all, y'all stay here. And then he takes Peter, James and John his inner circle, just a little bit further with him. Here, he tells his inner circle, those top three, that things are overwhelming. And he's dealing with such sadness to the point of death. The world sees the healer, the teacher, the prophet, the Messiah. But right now, those three disciples see what the world doesn't see. And so there are four points that we're going to hit real quick. The first of those is we seek camaraderie during our trials. We seek camaraderie during our trials. So Jesus takes his closest friends, his homies with him, and he shares the stuff that nobody else is privy to. When we're facing some stuff, we're overwhelmed by it all. The bills, the baby mama drama, the dead end job, the hectic class schedule, the sick parent or the autistic child. We're looking for those who can be supportive during that time, those who might understand and somehow help us carry the burden. Jesus chose to confide in these three men, and he admitted that he, the one who was present at the beginning of creation and time, he, the one who had healed so many and the one who had even raised some from the dead, yeah, even he felt overwhelmed. There is something special about having trusted folks around when it feels like everything else is closing in. And so we seek camaraderie during our trials. But then my second point is we shed confidence during our torment. We shed confidence during our torment. In verse 38, Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And so Jesus is describing feelings of depression here. There's there's no way around that. That's what he's describing. He knows what's got to be done and he knows what his mission is. He even knows the outcome. He knows that he's going to go to a cross and he knows that three days later he's going to be resurrected. He knows all of this. And yet he displays overwhelming sadness. Have you ever been in a situation that looks hopeless and you know that God is all powerful? You know he can do all things. You believe by faith that everything's going to be okay. And yet, in the midst of hearing scriptures like Romans 8.28, you can't shake the sadness because of what you're dealing with right now. We shed confidence because of what we've been through or because of what we're going through. But then my third point is we're stripped of companionship during our trauma. We're stripped of companionship during our trauma. In verse 40, after Jesus has talked with God the Father, after he said, if there's any way that I can bypass this, but not my will, your will, he returns to find his three disciples sleep. And he's like, dude, y'all couldn't stay up for an hour? Even when we have our ride or dies who love us, we know that they love us. We know that they have our backs. 
even when we know that they're going to check on us. Even when we have those who send us a text or DM us just to make sure that we're good. Even when we have that, we still got to go through our situations all by ourselves. We have to talk to God by ourselves. We got to come to the conclusion that we're going to do things his way by ourselves, regardless of how it makes us feel, regardless of how scary it may be, regardless of how uncomfortable it's going to make us. No one can do this for us. We're stripped of companionship during trauma or at least human companionship. Nobody can take our place because this is our journey. And we've got to complete it. And so we seek camaraderie during our trials. We shed confidence during our torment. We're stripped of companionship during our trauma. But we shall conquer during our testing. Jesus resolved that he was going to follow God's way. And... At the end of the day, this was not going to be pleasant. It meant incarceration for him and it meant humiliation for him. It meant beatings and excruciating pain for him. And yet God's plan also meant resurrection and impact. Fam, you're going to come back from this lonely, painful situation. Just say, not my will, but your will, Lord. Hold on and trust him, even when it looks hopeless, because your life's been designed, even in the pain, to save others and help others. I know that the world isn't seeing all your pain right now. And in many instances, they don't even understand it. And so it feels like it's just you and you alone. Yeah, you told some folks what you were dealing with and, and, and they started the journey with you. And yeah, they'll, they might bring you a meal. But at the end of the day, they're not in like you're in because it's your situation. So although the world doesn't see all of your pain and although they don't even understand it. Know this. It's what the world doesn't see. That makes you the rock. That the world does see. Heavenly Father, we come before you now, giving you thanks for all that you've done. We ask right now, Heavenly Father, that you would be with us as we go through our respective challenges. Lord, we put on a front for the world, and they don't see what it's like when we're on our knees with our foreheads on the ground crying about what we're dealing with. They don't know how deep the pain is and they don't see the fear that we struggle with. But yet, you know, and so we understand right now that there are some things that no one else can help us with. We've got to carry the burden all by ourselves. But as we carry that burden, allow us to remember, just like Jesus said, to come before you asking. That if it's possible to have it alleviated, but if it's not your will, we'll accept whatever that will is. Have your way and build us in the places that the world doesn't see. Shape us and fashion us 
during the times that the world doesn't see. So that when the world does see us, they see your completed work within us. All of this we ask in your son and our savior, Jesus Christ's name. And all of the trifling ones said, Amen. Amen.